no, we, you know, I mean, we, we just, uh, we, the bears are what we thought they were. What, what, what we thought they were. Say that one more time, play. Oh! One more time. Oh! One more time. to the Bears Central. On today's show, we break down the drafting of Darnell Wright and much, much more. A-Dub, get in here and talk to him, son. I'm feeling pretty good, Press, after all the work you and I did yesterday, man. Man, right there with you, man. Very proud of the work that we did. And audience, I just got to take a step back. I, you know, A-Dub and I will usually take the victory laps, but I'm proud of us, man. Uh, we've we've come a long way, A-Dub, since we started this show two years ago to the fact now that we are credential media, that I was able to cover the NFL draft yesterday, and then you over at Soldier Field at the Chicago Bears draft party, chopping it up with the fans, putting together a really dope content package, man. So, bruh, I don't take too many of the victory laps. We're proud of us and definitely proud of the dope work that you did at Soldier Field last night, man. And it's good to keep ties with you at the same time. See all the great work you were doing, bro, uh, with you being at the uh, at the draft. All this, he was talking to teenagers, college kids, you know, people in their 40s. I mean, they, there was a couple people who were like 60, 70 years old. And the one lady, what she said, she's been a fan for 64 years, they do? Yes, 64 years, bro. Bears Nation, bro. We live and die with this team. And the one common thread that most of those people that A-Dub talked to, they were saying to A-Dub, I was born into this, and I've been a lifelong fan. And that is what anyone that gets drafted into this organization needs to understand about this fan base. Yeah, maybe Bears Twitter can be a little extra, but we're talking about Bears fans as a whole. The reason why we're so passionate is because we care, and we want to win. We want to be great. And A-Dub, I'm telling you, man, when I was – looking through your stuff and putting it together. I was smiling over here, like just listening to these fans because, bro, I felt each and every one of them, what they were saying, the excitement over a DJ Moore acquisition, the excitement of Darnell Wright getting drafted, right, which I'm going to cut right into that with you in a second because I want to get your thoughts on that. Last night when the Bears traded down from number nine pick to the number 10 pick. Mm-hmm. Talk to them. The crowd was stunned. They didn't know what the hell was going on. <laughs> they pulling that monster, trade, trade. We were first wondering where they could trade him to. Then they said, of course, trade down to 10. And everyone's trying to figure out what the hell is really going on right now. So you could have a bunch of mixed audience trying to figure out what is happening right here. What's going on, Ryan Post? I mean, uh, especially when you think about the fact that you know who was on the board at that point, too, Mr. Jalen Carter. Right. And so... The reason why I asked that question, A-Dub, because I was wondering how that vibe was because you were surrounded by Bears fans. And you know, A-Dub, from my standpoint, I was always kind of on the fence about Jalen Carter. We both knew he was disruptive, that he could be a game changer in this Manny Buffalo's defense. Yep. But I always had question marks of, like, is Chicago the right place for him? So the fact that he was there for the Bears taking, bro, and they give him to the Eagles – what did you think in that moment, and what were the fans saying around you? I will start with the fans around me. They were stunned 
when Jalen Carter got picked, friends, there's a fan base, to your point, who really thought highly of Jalen Carter and wanted him to come to this team. That group of folks were all shocked. You on the hand, I'm thinking like, okay, if we're not going with Jalen Carter, then who are we going? Where are we going with this? Are we looking at offense now? Where are we heading to? Or are we still looking at defense? I had no clue. I was just as shocked as the rest of the fans at that point. Tell it was? Fuck yeah. He was probably the second best defensive player in the draft. Right. But if Ryan Poles, who met with Jalen Carter multiple times, who talked to that entire Georgia coaching staff, who went to his pro day where he did not perform as well. And I talked about that, and that's where I had the doubts about him. My main point, though, A-Dub, is A-Dub, if Ryan Poles, after doing all that homework on Jalen Carter, decided to pass on him, then I can't really say too much about the decision. I know it initially, I was kind of like, damn, Ryan, he was right there. He They gift-wrapped him for you. What, what, what you going to do? <laughs> you know? Right. But A-Dub, at the same time, I think Philadelphia is a better spot for Jalen Carter. I think they'll offer him the resources and the support. Remember what I talked about? You yep. have to have a support system around this kid. Well, they got former UGA players on that team there in Philadelphia. They got a culture there that's not going to put up with stupidity. And also, let's just let's keep it real now. That Philadelphia media core and that Philadelphia fan base, they tough. So I think Jalen, I think Jalen Carter going to be on the straight and narrow, man. And I hope so, Perez. I hope Carter, you know, learn his lessons for everything else, Perez, and find himself looking to, you know, be a better person. Salute to him, man. He got drafted. It is what it is, man. I, it just was unfortunate for a lot of us fans, base who really like him. And I'd say one thing, too, right? I mean, Ryan Poles, we know that he met with the media. I hate that we couldn't have covered that aspect, but, you know, we can't be in all these places at one time. But the thing there is he didn't want to get into too many details about his decision on why he decided to pass on him. But Ryan Poles also mentioned A-Dub that they had some teams calling about that number nine pick. Because – when you got a talent like a Jalen Carver still out there, Perez, haven't been drafted, it's like, hey, who all want this guy at that ninth pick? So I'm quite sure there are people still ringing, hitting him up. Hey, what you going to do? I think, honestly, just from like listening to Ryan Poe speak today, he didn't want to trade too far down in that first round. And I'm sure because he knew that Darnell Wright was his guy, yep. that he didn't want to risk losing him. And so he knew, okay, if I trade down this one pick, the Eagles get their guy, then we go ahead and get Darnell right, and we get a fourth-round draft pick next season, which I don't understand why people are kind of so hung up on that part. I'm like, he got free collateral. He got free asset. I mean, think about it like this. The Eagles are not a dumb organization. They knew that the Bears didn't want Jalen Carter, so right. they won't go give up too much for him. So my thing is the fact that Ryan Poe's able to get a fourth-round draft pick, hey, something's better than nothing, and you still get your guy. And that's what it's all about, Perez. You still getting the guy that you really want. I've seen Ryan Poles pick well late in drafts. So, hey, look, I'm okay with that. I have no issues with that whatsoever. Heading into this draft, A-Dub, you remember I said I was wondering or thinking that maybe the quarterback, we could see some quarterback droppage, right? Maybe after Young went number one. Maybe we would have seen the C.J. Stroud maybe slip a little bit. That right. didn't happen. The Texans when they got their guy. In fact, I think the Houston Texans, <laughs> when they fucking took <laughs> over the top of the draft board, I feel like they really <laughs> stunned some people. Not only did they go get C.J. Stroud, but they would have got Will Anderson Jr. as well. Hey, I'm talking about when Houston, Texas made their moves. That damn draft room, A-Dub, was loud. 
as you could imagine. But mm-hmm. the one thing that I was going to say, that is probably the moment where the quarterback slide that I was thinking was going to happen did not materialize. And because that quarterback slide didn't materialize, it kind of took away probably some of the cachet that that number nine pick had for Ryan Pulse. That's a good point, Perez. You can see, like you said, it started early on with how Houston, Texas, how they were operating, right? And that kind of set the stage for everything else kind of like trickle down. But to your point, it, it made things a lot clearer for Ryan Poles and how this draft was going to go. Now, let's just get into the pick of Darnell Wright altogether. You yeah. and I covered him at the Senior Bowl. We're very familiar. We've been talking about this guy pretty much all season. The main reason why this pick to me from Ryan Poles was solid is because this was his first major move to address the offensive line problem since he's got hired here. And it's about fucking time. Justin Fields got sacked 55 times last season, they done. He needs some help. And you saw Justin Fields. He celebrated the pick on Twitter last night when it was made. Now, Larry Borum, on the other hand, <laughs> he was a little salty. That man, that man said LOL and then deleted it. I'm like, come on, don't be deleting tweets, uh, Larry Borum. <laughs> you know what time it is, friends. You know the competition. <laughs> like, uh-oh, I see what's going on here. You see the right on the wall. You got competition, man, who wants that spot as well. But seeing that Justin Fields approve it, my boy Darnell Mooney said, hey, you can't go wrong with a Darnell. Hey, look, <laughs> look, man, they all right. So if they approve this move for us, definitely I approve this, approve this draft pick as well. But back to the point with Borum, though. What does that mean for Borum? Is Borum goes, is he going to rise up to the occasion and, and be a swing tackle? Or the organization kind of look at him sideways like, what was up with that tweet? Because that was not a good look, man. No. Honestly, bro. If I'd have felt some kind of way, I'd have hit you up. I'm gonna put that out there on no damn Twitter. I'm like, duh, man. How they gonna draft a dude like that, man? What they trying to say? I'm trash. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. You keep that to to uh definitely you keep that silent, man. You know, you're talking to someone directly about that on the low low. You don't want to put that out there for everyone to really see, man, and then try to delete it. That's not a good sign or good move, man. No, man, because it's shit, man. People keep them receipts. They yeah. delete it. I'm like, man, all I see is LOL all over Twitter last time. People over here trashing Larry Borg. I was like, bro, you should have just kept that shit to yourself, man. Keep it to brought, yourself. He brought the wrong attention to himself at that point, Perez, because everyone knew what kind of season you had last year. So you don't want to give anything else up like that and put yourself in any kind of hot water. My advice, and I always say this to everybody, man, before you hit send on that tweet, <laughs> think twice. <laughs> Because once it hit the screen, it's out there. Even if you try to delete it, somebody else already seen it, man. It's out there. Nah, that shit's a wrap. So, A-Double, in the last episode, you asked me about who I wanted to see at number nine at the Bears State there. And I talked about Paris Johnson Jr. We actually see the Arizona Cardinals went out and got him. And I thought, yep. in my opinion, that Paris Johnson Jr. was probably the top tackle in this draft. But we talked about that there was three other tackles that we thought were in that top tier. Obviously, Darnell Wright was one of them, Skaronsky from Northwestern, and then Broderick Jones from Georgia. Of that group of tackles, how do you feel that Darnell Wright ranks, and are you happy with them drafting him over a Jones or a Skaronsky? Because what this shows to us, friends, is that you and I talked about the senior bowl. They got a good look at this kid down there as well, friends. They spent a lot of time with him. They know where he's at. They have a very good idea about what he's capable of doing. and what we need in our particular offensive line, right? They've done their homework with them. So from that standpoint, they can see that this kid can still improve. He got a lot of good things going for himself. 
I talked about on episode 170. We were down at that first day in Senior Bowl about his toughness, Chris, the nastiness that he can bring to the table. Bowles and Cole saw that live. They see it. They understand it. They put the fam, of course. They looked at the tape on this guy. They got everything they need to know about this kid, Chris. So for that reason alone, that gives me a lot of high hopes for this kid and saying, hey, maybe we got the right guy in this, the guy that's hungry, the guy that's humble, the guy that I really want this year, and the guy that can probably make a difference on that offensive line. Big time facts there, A-Dub. And you know, one of the things, too, when it comes to evaluating Darnell Wright, down at the senior bowl, we saw him in those one-on-one drills. Now, at certain points in those one-on-one drills, I thought that some of those speed rushers were kind of getting the best of him a little bit. However, whenever they lined up 11-on-11, nobody was getting past him. And that is what Ryan Post probably saw. And to your point that you made, with Luke Getzey, coaching that American team at the same ball. They had an up-close vantage point to a lot of the talent there at that same ball. Lou Getty told the media at the time, don't be surprised if a couple of these guys out here on this team end up being drafted Chicago Bears. Right. And the very first pick was a guy from the same ball. So they pretty much told you what was going to happen. The writing was always on the wall there. But – when I look at what he does the best is he is a fucking bulldog, man. He is. 19 consecutive games where he did not give up a sack. The way that he performed against Will Anderson Jr., we're not talking about just a regular pass rusher. We're talking about one of the top pass rushers in the draft. He shut him down. Will Anderson even said that Darnell Wright was the toughest tackle he faced all season. And when I'm telling you guys that he did not give up a sack in 19 consecutive games, we're talking about a starting tackle in the SEC. Not the Big Ten, but the SEC. When you talk about the SEC, everyone knows about the SEC. <laughs> it's a tough, tough you know, conference. And the fact that he is able to hold his ground like that, Perez, against some of those top pass rushers, it speaks highly of him. And to get Will Anderson to speak out on you and how tough you were against him, to call you out on that part of it, that is huge, man. That is huge. And that gives Bears Nation a lot of hope for a kid like him being part of this offensive line and showing some of those goods, man. That is what Justin Fields needs because you hit it on the head so many times, man. We can't allow Justin Fields to continue to get banged up and beat up. So hearing all we heard about Darnell Wright and the film that we saw on this guy, Perez, that says enough. It really does. I'm just hoping it all falls into the right place on the field. And one of the things to keep in, in, in mind here, A-Dub, is with the drafting of Darnell Wright, he's probably going to be plug and play at the right tackle there. Jackson yeah. Jones is probably going to stay over there at left tackle. Now your tackles are, are set and in place, right? Left guard, right guard, you think you're probably good there. Center, I still think you probably need to get a center for the future, right? Yeah. <laughs> You know what I mean? But the point is that you see the work that Ryan Poles is starting to do with this offensive line because Justin Fields is the franchise. You got to protect the franchise. Especially after investing and getting a great wide receiver, DJ Moore. You got Money Moon. We talked about the weapons he has, Prez. You got to make sure you realize those weapons. And the only way you can do that really is by having an offensive line. That ain't the only need we have because I wrote a recent article. In my article, offensive line was one piece of the puzzle. Yep. I got edge rusher. I got corner. 
I got defensive line. You know what I mean? There's yeah. a lot of areas that Ryan Poles and Co. need to be addressing. And day two, today, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens. Do they go interior to offensive line? Do they go defensive line? What do they do? Those are some great questions, man. Do they even think about the secondary? I don't know, man. But the thing is, I'm quite sure Ryan Poles has his eye on somebody, Perez, for sure. But you're right. Still some holes to be filled here, man. And I, I think Ryan Poles understand that, hey, we still got a lot of work to do to continue to build this team up. And you and I have been talking about the defensive side of it as well, Perez. That D-line can definitely still use some retooling as of what it is right now. Just not enough. Yeah, man. I mean, but listen, man, we got three picks today. 53, 61, 64. Yep. I mean, so we got a little bit of a wait before we pick, but then we got a lot of picks coming kind of consistently. Right. Now, I wonder now, with Ryan Poles collecting a lot of draft capital, do they move up in that second round? Because I'm looking at some of the players that are available, and I'm like, ooh, there's a nice little edge rusher there, Keon White. Yeah. That would look good here. You know, you talked about corner a second ago. Joey Porter Jr., he's available. That'll look nice. Yep. So you got a lot of guys there. My boy Ada Ada Bore. But, but my point, though, A-Dub, is will they just sit pat and wait to 53? Or does he say, fuck that, I got to get higher in the second round? <laughs> it would shock me if they get higher, Perez. And then day three, A-Dub, they got six picks. So yep. my whole thing is, man, this is a stark contrast from the, the Ryan Pace days when Ryan Pace just traded away all the damn draft picks. <laughs> here, here, you know, Ryan Post, he believes it. He believes in investing through the draft because, to be honest, every great team is built through the draft. Look at some of those great Patriots teams. Look at the Kansas City Chiefs. Look at the Philadelphia Eagles. Some of the best organizations in this league, A-Dub, have built their team internally. When you start going to free agency and dumping a whole bunch of money at a free agent, that's because you fucked up in the draft. Right. <laughs> That's what that means. You did. You made a mistake, and now you're trying to fix it by spending all this money. But that, that can come back to bite you, Chris. To your point, if you don't have the homegrown people. You can't have anybody after their rookie contract. They gone so much sign somewhere else because you can't afford them. So to your point, you can't afford to buy everyone that's on the market. I agree. Now, before we get out of here, are there any parts about Darnell Wright's game that concern you? What concerns me, Perez, is we know, I know, understand, I respect college football, right? There's some great talent down in college football that he has gone up against. But you and I both talk about this, Perez. When it gets in the NFL, those guys are a lot bigger, a lot faster, et cetera. So to that point, I'm still a little concerned about him containing some of that speed for some of these edge rushers because we know how great some of these edge rushers are in the NFL. So if he can show they can keep up with that kind of a speed, Perez, that will be great. But that's something I am keeping my eye on when it comes down to him. Yeah, I think that's a fair point. I mean, like I said, I talked about that a second ago yep. at the at the Senior Bowl. We kind of saw that in some of those one-on-one -on -one drills. But again, when you fire up the tape, though, you see a guy that's going to compete. Like you said earlier, he's nasty. Like I said, he's a mauler. He's got that physical mentality. And then think about it. If you look at this offensive line, I feel like him and Tevin Jenkins have that same type of demeanor and that nasty streak. And that's another guy on this office. I mean, you, you talk about Adding another guy with that type of mindset and that mentality on this offensive line, man, please. Good luck to anybody trying to get a hit off of Justin Fields. Shit. Shit. <laughs> them two. Absolutely. Them two. 
Man, you remember you remember how Tevin Jenkins tried to fight the whole Vikings team that time? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I ain't gonna never forget that, bro. <laughs> See, he became a Bears fan favorite when he did that shit. But my point of saying that though is you add another guy to this team that has that type of demeanor. But I will say one of the things on Phil, a dub that that kind of concerned me, and this was something even that I saw down in Mobile at the Senior Bowl. Most of the way that he's able to win his individual battles and matchups with uh, with pass rushers as he's doing it more with power yes. and not with technique. Yep. And so I think at the next level, it's going to be important with him working with Chris Morgan, right? Should even working with maybe some people outside of the organization, but he has to get his technique down. One of the big things that I've also saw, one of the big things that I've seen with a lot of offensive linemen is that when they get their hands too wide in pass protection, they lost. Well, I'm hoping that that's one of the areas of his game he up that he can clean up, that he can keep those hands a little closer in and doesn't lose leverage. But I think that as a blocker, we know what his advantage is. We know what his strengths are. His strengths are fucking power, physicality, and so forth. But we got to have a little technique coming in on the back end of that. I like you, the fact you brought that up, Prince, because if he doesn't clean up part of it, I can see him getting called for holding. I can see that happening, Perez. I think that'll put him in a good shape for us to continue to be phenomenal because, you know, these guys in the NFL, man, they are crafty, bro. They got some of the best techniques, these edge rushers. They come in form, man. They want to try to bless this kid. But I also want to see how he responds in the light of the fact if he does give up a sack, what would that do for him? Because he haven't gave up one in so long. <laughs> so what would that do for a kid like him to say, okay, I finally gave up one. Where did I go from here? I would just say I think Ryan Poles did a really good job here. Honestly, Darnell Wright was one of the guys that I was okay with. Yep. Even though I favored Paris Johnson Jr. But hey, you know what? If we weren't going to get him, I'm okay with the fact that we got Darnell Wright. I think that Ryan Poles is showing you here that he has a plan. I think he understands what needs to happen here. And I think that Darnell Wright's a really solid fit in our zone scheme. And I think when you look at this Bears roster, as it's starting to come to fruition. I like what they're doing offensively. Now I like to see them turn the attention a little bit over to the defensive side of the ball as well. And that's what I want to see next, Braves, because you're right, a little bit of work been done even on the offseason when it comes down to the O-line. And now with your first draft pick, you get an offensive lineman as well. Hey, look, you're right. Let's see what we can do to build up the defensive side of the ball and then have a, a balanced team. But, you know, I guess just one of the things that I think we learned about Ryan Poles is how important character is to him and the makeup of a guy, right? Because – they had the opportunity to go and get probably a generational talent in Jalen Carter passed on. So if one thing that you can say about Ryan Poles is, this is a guy right here that he's going to stay strong to his convictions. Now, hey, we don't know what the shelf life of this is going to look like because J- Jalen Carter could very well go on A-Dub and be a Hall of Fame ball player. However, the flip side of it is he could be a bust as well. <laughs> That is true, Press. The jury is still out. We know we saw it in college, but the jury is still out what he's done in the NFL because right now at this point, he hasn't done anything yet. So he has still had a lot to prove in that department. So you're right, Press. We don't know what the guy can possibly be. But at the end of the day, you brought up the fact of how Ryan Poles feels about people and their character. That is big and that is huge because that's what helped keep your locker room together. Him going to the Eagles, a team that's already established, a team that probably is going to compete for a Super Bowl here in, in the near future, if he doesn't work out there, no harm, no foul. Right. But here in Chicago, 
where we're in the midst of trying to get the, this train back on the tracks, if you lose out on the top 10, if you have a top 10 pick bust out on you, it sets you back. And we don't have time for setbacks. So I think for what Ryan Poles is looking to do, he made a safer pick, but he made a smarter pick. And it's really cool to see the Bears making smart moves in the draft now. I like when you say safe pick, because if Darnell Wright pans out, people will say, if, even if Jalen Carter pans out as well, it's like, oh, Jalen Carter was great. But hey, guess what? That kid Darnell Wright, he was great in his position as well. So it's an even trade-off for us, Fraser. I look at it and say, no, it's still a win for Ryan Poles, even if that was to occur. So for me, it's like, hey, it's a safe move there, even if Jalen Carter does have a Hall of Fame career, as long as Darnell Wright turns out to be very good at what he does, we in good shape. Absolutely, A-Dub, absolutely. Well, listen, man, A-Dub, I got to get out of here, man, because I got to head <laughs> back over to the Draft Theater audience. We're going to get this episode uploaded for y'all immediately. But, man, dude. I'm excited to see what happens today. And honestly, I'm sure A-Dub and I will probably get back on this show probably tomorrow and get you guys another episode. We're also going to do a draft recap episode with an Illini beat reporter because, you know, you got so many damn fighting Illini in this damn draft, A-Dub. It's just crazy, man. University <laughs> of Illinois, boy, they out here putting NFL players out here like left and right now. Devin Weatherspoon, top five pick. Wow. Woo! Man, that was awesome to see Perez and seeing your butt there to – you know, get some insights with them and all that good stuff, man. That just says a lot, man. So that was just great, man. So great for those videos you were putting out there, too. No, I appreciate that, A-Dub. And I got to have a little moment with Spoon. And he looked over at me. He was like, man, he's like, boy, he said, y'all everywhere. I said, like, yeah, man. I said, but shit, bro. I said, uh, if I don't ever see you again, man, I said, uh, let me hold something. He started laughing. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you on that, bro. <laughs> <laughs> some that NFL money, man. You, you feeling pretty good over there, Devin Weatherspoon. You good. I don't like to be counting nobody money, a dub, but I, I heard 30 million is what that contract looking like. <laughs> hey, man, that's public knowledge out there, Prince. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So I was like, man, let me hold a little something. He was out there. He had he had the little drip off. When you see these guys and they come with the suits, man, the suit game, he's flawless. They come through with the jewelry, and, and I'm like, bro. It's just crazy being in the room with people where they got jewelry that costs what my house costs. Like, it's crazy. Them dudes were fucking shining all over the place, bro. Just I'm in the, in the, in the press trying to take pictures, and I just got things just shining back at my damn lens. I'm like, God damn. Turn down your diamonds, sir. <laughs> right, man. These guys are clean, clean, man. Yes, sir. Well, listen, audience, man, we appreciate you guys and your continued support of the platform. And for being here for our growth, you know what I mean? Like, A-Dub and I, man, we love doing this. We love podcasting. But, man, we also love the fact that we get into this media game. But you don't have to worry about us in this show because DBE is going to continue to keep coming for y'all. You guys made us a top 10 Chicago Bears podcast. We're going to continue to keep putting out this content. We're going to be back tomorrow. Appreciate you guys for rocking with us. It's a blessing. Thank you all very much. Yes, sir. Well, hey, listen, until tomorrow, audience, we are out.